0: Good afternoon, this is Caleb Arend with the Walk With God podcast and YouTube channel. Today is April 25th, 2020. It's Saturday, everybody, and what a celebration, what a good day it's been, and I hope that you're having a good day, too. Well, today we're going to be reading from Psalm 94, Judges chapter 4 and 5, Proverbs chapter 14, verses 3 and 4, and Luke chapter 22, verses 35 through 54 today. Before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer today. Heavenly Father, please bless this time that we, as your readers, as your listeners, as those that hear your word have together, God, help us to understand your word, your sure word, your eternal word that never changes, but can always give us hope, hope in your Messiah, hope in you, Lord God, to save us from our sins and from hell, to save us to your justification, to your righteousness being clothed upon us to make us white as snow. O Lord, please help us now to turn to you and to place our trust in you, to grow in your word and in your love. Help us to understand who you are from your word. Help us to understand how you've provided for us from your word, from your psalms, and how you understand our hearts, how you have taught us to rise up to the standard of holiness that you have set lord please help us to understand what you desire for us to grow into today lord i pray that you would please heal our land as well heal all of our people from this coronavirus heal all of the world all of our people lord god from sin and their sin nature and i pray that your word your gospel would spread to all the world please save souls lord and transform their lives to be conformed to the image of your Son, transformed by the renewing of their minds. Lord, please help us to study your word well today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, Psalm 94 is where we're at today, and it says, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth, render a reward to the proud. Lord how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things, and all the workers of iniquity boast themselves? They break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thine heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger, and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, The Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chastiseth the heathen, shall not he correct? He that teacheth man knowledge shall he not know. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law, that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity, until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment shall return unto the righteous, and all the upright in heart shall follow it who will rise up for me against the evildoers or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity unless the lord had been my help my soul had almost dwelt in silence when i said my foot slippeth thy mercy o lord held me up in the multitude of my thoughts within me thy comforts delight my soul Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous, and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity, and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. Psalm 94 is a psalm that declares that vengeance belongs unto God. The psalmist is stating that the the people of God, they are suffering at the hands of the wicked, just as many good people do suffer in the world today, and they break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thine heritage, they say. They they slay the widow and the stranger, and murder their fatherless, and they but they do all this, but they declare that hey, God doesn't even look. He's not even watching. He doesn't even see what we're doing. But the psalmist in verse 9 through 11 declares that God sees, he hears, he understands, he knows. The Lord that knoweth the hearts of man, that they are vanity, he knows everything that's going on. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord. So blessed is that man whom the Lord will correct and teach and guide in his ways. But judgment shall return upon the righteous, not that the righteous will be judged. Although at the end of this world, when the Lord reigns, he will judge every single person, whether for good or for evil. He will judge and show what they have, uh, that those that have been saved and have trusted on him and are following after him, those things that, that are good that they have done, for those that have not trusted on him, there shall be a judgment for what they have all done just unto themselves, but thou, how they have ultimately rejected him as well. But here we are seeing that judgment shall come and justice shall be done. So those that were wronged shall have their wrongs made right, because the Lord, he looks and he sees every injustice that is done for his people. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, my, thy comforts delight my soul. So the psalmist is stating that the Lord comforts him, even when he is in fear even when there are problems surrounding and that the throne of iniquity will not be established, will not have fellowship with God, God will not bless them, they gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous, but the Lord is the defense of the righteous in verse 22. God is our rock, he is our fortress, and he is a strong shelter in whom we can trust, and he, it says in verse 23, the end of it all, that the Lord will bring upon the wicked their own iniquity and their own wickedness, and he will cut them off, declares in verse 23. Now we're going to turn to the book of Judges today, the book of Judges. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Judges chapter 4 and 5. We're going to read with chapter 4. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, when Ehud was dead. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in the Harosheth of the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had nine hundred chariots of iron, and twenty years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth. She judged Israel at that time, and she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent, and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go, and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali, and of the children of Zebulun? And I will draw unto thee to the river of Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand." And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go, but if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and he went up with ten thousand men at his feet, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father in law of Moses, had severed himself from the Kenites, and pitched his tent unto the plain of Zaanaim, which is by Kadesh. And they showed Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinom was gone up to Mount Tabor. And Sisera gathered together all his chariots, even nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the people that were with him, from Herosheth of the Gentiles unto the river of Kishon. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out from before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor, and ten thousand men after him. And the Lord discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Harosheth of the Gentiles, and all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite and Jael went out to meet sisera and said unto him turn in my lord turn into me fear not and when he had turned in unto her into the tent she covered him with a mantle and he said unto her give me i pray thee a little water to drink for i am thirsty and she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him Again he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be, when any man doth come and inquire of thee, and say, Is there any man here that thou shalt say no? Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent, and took a hammer in her hand, and went softly unto him, and smote the nail into his temples, and fastened it into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him, and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead, and the nail was in his temples. So God subdued on that day Jabin, the king of Canaan before the children of Israel, and the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin the king of Canaan until they had destroyed Jabin King of Canaan. Chapter five. Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves, hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes, I, even I will sing unto the Lord, I will sing praise to the Lord God. Part of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled, and the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water, the mountains melted from before the Lord, even at Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased, they ceased in Israel, until that I, Deborah, rose, that I arose, a mother in Israel. They chose those new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among forty thousand in Israel? My heart is toward the governors of Israel, that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye the Lord. Speak, ye that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment, and walk by the way they that are delivered from the noise of archers in the places of drawing water, there shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord, even the righteous acts toward the inhabitants of his villages in Israel. Then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead thy captivity captive, thou son of Abinoam. Then he made him that remaineth have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. Out of Ephraim was there a root of them against Amalek. After thee, Benjamin, among thy people, out of Machir came down governors, and out of Zebulun they that handle the pen of the writer. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah, even Issachar, and also Barak. He was sent on foot into the valley, for the divisions of Reuben there were great thoughts of heart. Why abodest thou among the sheepfolds to hear the bleedings of the flocks? For the divisions of Reuben there were great searchings of heart. Gilead abode beyond Jordan, and why did Dan remain in ships? Asher continued on the seashore and abode in his breaches. Zebulun and Naphtali were a people that jeoparded their lives unto the death in the high places of the field. The kings came and fought, then fought the kings of Canaan in Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They took no gain of money. They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. The river of Kishon swept them away, that ancient river, the river of Kishon. O my soul, thou hast trodden down strength. Then were the horse hoofs broken by the means of the prancings, the prancings of their mighty ones. Curse ye, Meraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Blessed above women shall Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, be. Blessed shall she be above women in the tent. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail, and her right hand to the workman's hammer, and with the hammer she smote Sisera. She smote off his head when she had pierced and stricken through his temples. At her feet he bowed, he fell, he lay down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. The mother of Sisera looked out at a window, and cried through the loudest. "'Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the wheels of his chariot?' Her wise ladies answered her, yea, she returned answer to herself, "'Have they not sped? Have they not divided the prey? To every man a damsel or two? To Sisera, a prey of diverse colors, a prey of diverse colors of needlework, of diverse colors of needlework on both sides, meet for the necks of them that take the spoil?' So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord, but let them that love him be as the sun, when he goeth forth in his might, and the land had rest forty years. So yesterday, in Judges chapter 3, we left off when Ehud delivered the people of Israel out of the hand of Eglon king of Moab, and the land had rest after that for fourscore years, it says, which is eighty years. And then the people, the children of Israel, after Ehud, the judge and the deliverer was dead. They did once again what was evil in the sight of the Lord, because they were doing what was right in their own eyes, following after, oh, I think this is the right God. I think that is the right God. I think that I'll go worship here in this grove of trees. No. They did not follow what the Lord God had said, with power and with miracles and with might, to testify of his true and pure word to give unto them. And so they followed after what was right just in their own eyes, which was wrong in God's eyes, and then the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan. So a king rose up against the people of Israel in the land of Canaan, and he oppressed them For 20 years, it says, he mightily oppressed them in verse 3. Then Deborah, a prophetess, who was a judge of Israel, as well as Barak, both rose up, and they delivered the people of Israel out of the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan. And they did so by going out, both Deborah and Barak, together. And Barak said unto Deborah, I will go if you go with me, but I won't go alone. And so Barak, the fourth judge of Israel, trusted on Uh, Deborah, the fifth judge of Israel, to go with him to battle to ensure his victory, but he would not go alone. Instead of just trusting on the Lord, he trusted on the Lord plus on Deborah. Uh, So (laughs) we see a little bit of a limited faith there, but The Lord still used Deborah and still used Barak to deliver the people of Israel out of the hand of king, the evil king Jabin, who oppressed Israel. So in Judges chapter 4 and 5, we see that uh, Barak goes and he fights against Sisera in the valley near Mount Tabor. And we also see that in chapter 5, it kind of reveals that the waters of Kishon, this stream that is in the land of Israel right now, it's just kind of a small stream, but in back in those days, it would have, it would flood over, especially with seasonal rain water that would flow through. And so even though this uh, river of Kaishan looks more like a small trickle or stream today, back then it would have been bigger. But we also see that this was not just a natural occurrence. This was a miraculous occurrence. It says that the river Kaishan swept them away, that ancient river, the river Kaishan. And so from verses 21 and 22 of chapter 5, it declares how the horses were swept over by this river all of the chariots all of the horses they were destroyed by the sweeping waters of this river that was miraculously caused to overflow and flood and crash into this enemy army of the kings of Canaan and Ammon and Amalek and because of that Barak and all of his 10,000 men could now also fight against Sisera and chase them pursue them and destroy all of their enemies but then Sisera, he flees away, he gets out of his chariot, and he runs away, and he goes and he finds Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, and he asks her to hide him in her tent so that he could not be found and was, while he was being pursued after. So she agrees to hide him, secretly tricking him so that she could deliver him into the hands of Barak and Deborah and help to deliver them out of the hand of this evil king of Canaan. So he hides. He asks for something to drink because he's been running so long. His thirst is parched. His throat is parched. And he asks her for water. So instead, she gives him milk to drink to help him to calm down and help him to fall asleep and so he falls asleep in the tent so she secretly takes a tent peg and a hammer and she drives it through the temples of his head to kill him instantly and we see that both recorded in chapter 4 which is the historical recording and chapter 5 which chapter 5 is called the song of Deborah and Barak and says in verse 1 They sang Deborah and Barak, then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam on that day saying, And it goes through and it gives some more detail about the Lord God of Israel, how he delivered the people of Israel, and how... Uh, Barak and Deborah just delivered the people of Israel out of the hands of the evil king of Jabin and delivered Israel. And then it also records that after these fourth and fifth judges delivered Israel out of the hands of these evil kings, the land had rest for 40 years. And that's what we'll pick up tomorrow for our Old Testament reading. Now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 14, and we're going to read verses 3 and 4 tonight. And it says, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. In the mouth of the foolish, those that are fools and those that do foolishly and speak foolishly, is a rod of pride. And that rod is not a rod of proper and correct discipline and chastening and correction. It is a raw just of pride, and it lashes out in pride. It lashes out in contention. It lashes out with emotional reaction and not with wisdom and with truth. Those that will have a wise mouth, the the lips of the wise shall preserve them, it says. Those that are preserved, those that are wise, they will refrain their lips. They will keep things back when they're just going to react emotionally, but they will speak a word in truth and in wisdom when it is right and fit to speak it, but they will speak it out of love. They will speak it in calm. They will speak it in control, in self-control, not to react, but only for the best good of the person that they will be speaking it to, to be those lips of wisdom that the Lord would want to be spoken into that person's life. And also, where no oxen are, where no animals are that are specifically for work, the crib is clean. Uh, if you don't have a bunch of kids running around your house, is probably a little, at least a little, kind of clean. At least cleaner than it would be if they were running around. But when uh, all those kids are there. They're having fun they're playing they're creating yeah messes but they're going to if you're helping to train them well they're, you'll, you'll help them clean it up and you'll direct them and train them on how to clean it up but uh, those that are working horses those that are working oxes they create lots of messes because they're working hard much increase caught is caused by that strength of that ox much mess is caused as well but the mess comes with the increase and the increase comes with the mess and there's no kind of really, really dividing them if a man goes out and he really gets down and dirty in some work say he's doing any, some type of carpentry project he's making a table, making a bench, making a cup, making a something for his home or whether it's drywall or construction he's gonna get dirty That's just a fact. It's gonna happen. All of that work and all of that production and increase comes with a mess that then needs to be cleaned up when it's done. Now, if you eliminate all of that work, if you eliminate all of the things that are being done, then yes, you'll have very clean places, very clean stalls of these oxen that are just empty stalls, they'll remain clean, but no work and no production will also come. And so it goes hand in hand. We have to learn how much we need to do and then how much we need to clean up afterwards when we have finished with our productivity. Now, let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 22, verses 35 through 54, and it says, And he said unto them, When I sent you without purse and scrip, and shoes, lacked ye anything? And they said, Nothing. Then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment, and buy one. For I say unto you, that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said unto them, It is enough. And he came out and went, as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done." And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation." And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them, and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest, and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear, and healed him. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. Here in the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke, we see the Lord asking his disciples, did you lack anything when I sent you out by two and two into all the towns and villages? And they said, we didn't lack anything. And remember, they didn't go with any extra pairs of shoes or any cloaks or any bags or purses of money. They didn't bring any provisions for them and they were completely provided for by the Lord. Now as they are declaring they didn't lack anything he says now take the purse that you have take the money you have with you take the script which is like a backpack or a bag or a messenger bag something of leather or something that can carry things with them to provide for them to bring with them on their journey uh, those that have no sword let him sell his garment and buy one here the Lord is preparing his disciples for his death, and also for the things that shall come after his death, telling them to prepare, telling them to make ready, either to go and to preach the gospel, or to go and be ready to go to the uttermost parts of the earth, or to flee away from terror and tribulation and persecution that shall follow. For he is saying that this shall be done unto me, and so it, that which is written shall be accomplished, that which was prophesied shall be fulfilled, and he was numbered. Among the transgressors, and this is in verse 37 of Luke 22. But if we turn back to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12, in the second half of the verse, we said we see that it says, "Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors." We see that he made and will make intercession even for the transgressors, even for those who were sinners, even for those who he uh, he bore the sins of that were transgressing against him. Then we see his Lord leads him and all of the disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane, into the Mount of Olives, where it says he was wont to come, which means he would go into that mountain, into that garden regularly to go and to pray and he told his disciples and gave them a commandment, pray that ye enter not into temptation, either into, into temptation of the flesh to fall asleep and to not watch and to not do that was right and to not pray and keep praying, and then also uh, temptation of Uh, maybe to fly, to flee away, and to be frightened and to lack faith when the Son of Man, the Son of God, would be taken to be crucified. Here, two prayers are specifically recorded in the book of Luke. The first, that Jesus is praying for the Lord to take this cup away from him if it was possible. But because it was not possible, then he was praying for the Lord's will to be done, for the Father's will to be done and not his own, seeking and showing an example of mission to the Father's will that we should take for our example. Then as he was beginning to sweat, it says, even great drops of blood to the point where his body was being oppressed so much, so physically tortured with the sin that he was beginning to possess in his own body, forbearing the sins of many fulfilling the pros- to the prophecy of Isaiah 53:12 beginning at this point. this is this cup that he was praying about, this bearing of the sin, becoming the very sin of mankind for mankind and so much so that his body was beginning to tear itself from the inside out. Even the blood vessels were beginning to rupture, allowing him for the blood his own blood from those blood vessels to seep into his sweat pores and the pores of his skin to bleed out as he is sweating great drops of blood and the angels themselves began to go there, an angel appeared to strengthen him, to strengthen his body, so that he could continue to fulfill his father's will, to bear the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, to bear them up to the cross, and to pay the final nail in the coffin of sin and death, and to pay the final price for sin, and die on the cross for all mankind. After he finishes the second prayer recorded in this chapter, he goes to his disciples and asks, and finding them while they're asleep asks, why are you asleep? Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, and after this it says that a multitude appear with all of the priests, all of the elders, all of the scribes, all of those following Judas, following one of the followers, the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, and Judas now goes up to his master and he betrays him with a kiss. And Jesus said unto him, Judas, Betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? And when they saw that the signal was given, they all come and they begin to go and they try to take him. We see in the book of John that Jesus simply speaks a word unto them and they fall backward, but we'll see that and we'll study that later. But now he reproves those that are coming against him to try to capture him. coming out out as against a thief with swords and staves? Daily was I with you in the temple. Daily was Jesus our Lord teaching in their very temple and they did not stretch forth their hands To arrest him but now they have arrested him and he submits unto them he goes with them because he declares that this is your hour the power of darkness declaring that nothing that they're doing is in the light nothing that they are doing is righteous or right or just but They take him anyway and he goes along as like a sheep, as the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world going to the slaughter. And in verse 54, in the last verse we're studying for today, it shows that Peter followed him from afar off. He's following at a distance where he would try to be unnoticed. Friend, are you being like Peter today? Sometimes I know that we do, sometimes I know that we are, that we follow and we try to follow from afar off. We try not to gain the attention of our friends, of our relatives, of our co-workers, or of our loved ones. But we should declare that God is our God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Messiah. He is our salvation. He is our Emmanuel, our God with us. He is our only hope. And he's the only hope of the entire world. All the world needs to know. Let's let's share his good truth. Let's share his gospel with others today. Friend, thank you for studying the word of God with me today. Tomorrow we'll see what they do to try to judge the Christ, our Messiah. How unjustly they hold any unfair and illegal even trials. We'll see that tomorrow in the next Walk With God podcast. Tonight, if you have any praises or prayer requests, please send them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com. I'll be sure to look for those and to pray with you for them. Thanks once again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.